Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And today I am going to bring you a case that you might be a little bit familiar with if you're an HBO fan. Because there is a series out called The Staircase. Now, I don't have HBO, so I'm unfamiliar if the series is already finished. It came out this year. I know it was started this year, but I don't know. Because with HBO, you wait until like, you know, every Sunday night yeah for the new episode to come out so I'm not sure if it's finished or not I didn't look into that piece because it's it's a part you know it's not really an important part of the case but people just might be familiar with the names of this case because that HBO series called The Staircase is based on real life events but it is fiction you know it is it is dramatized made for TV does that make sense yeah So not everything, you can't like watch that series and say, oh my gosh, I know what happened in this case. Because as a matter of fact, we don't actually know what happened in this case. So there's a lot of stuff on the HBO series that are just filled in for drama for TV. Oh, I see. Which the family's not happy about, but we'll get to that. So this is the case of the death of Kathleen Peterson and her husband, that was said to have committed this act of murder that resulted in her death is Michael Peterson. So Kathleen at the time of her death was 48 and she was actually a telecommunications executive. She had a really good job and Michael Peterson was, is actually a very successful writer. He was 58 at the time of Kathleen's death And was very well known for his uh, novels. Now, their marriage was actually a second marriage for both of them. I'm going to begin from the day that the events took place. And that is on December 9th, 2001 at 8. There is no 8 in my notes. I don't even know where I got (laughs) that. It sounded like it belonged there. Yeah, no, no, I'm trying to say 2.40 a.m. At 2.40 a.m. on December 9th, Michael Peterson called 911 to say that he had found his wife's body at the bottom of a staircase. Investigators considered Kathleen's death suspicious because at the bottom of the staircase with her is actually a great deal of blood. The medical examiner came and had actually found that Kathleen's scalp had seven deep lacerations and the death on her death certificate, was ruled to be the result of blunt force trauma. On December 20th, 2001, so just that quickly, this incident took place December 9th, so December 20th, Michael Peterson was indicted by a grand jury for first-degree murder. His murder trial began in July 2003. So that is quite some time between events, December 20th, 2001, and July 2003. Um... At the time of Kathleen's death, 
There were pictures of naked men that were found on Michael Peterson's computer that had been seized by the police. There were emails about Michael Peterson meeting a man for sex. Okay. Okay. So all this is discovered on his computer when he's under a murder investigation. Now, this gives the prosecution a theory, right? Because we don't have Kathleen here to, t- to really talk about whether or not she was aware of his bisexuality or if, and if she was okay with it. Mm-hmm. We don't have that information. So the prosecution stated that Kathleen could have discovered this information and then confronted in the middle of the night her husband about his bisexuality. And that's the angle that they took for the, for the prosecution in this case. The defense argued that Michael Peterson and Kathleen Peterson had a very happy marriage. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of information to say that that's not true. Kevin McGungle. Ooh, McGungle. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Sounds like a mouthful. (laughs) But uh, he was a criminal law professor and uh, at Case Western University School of Law. And he was a former former federal prosecutor. So he did an interview with A&E True Crime that said that that Peterson's bisexuality was, quote, pretty relevant in terms of how happy their marriage was and whether or not they were arguing. But it was also very harmful to the case, you know, meaning to um, Michael's case, Mm -hmm. because at this time it is 2003, Amber, (laughs) there was homophobia all over the place. He was absolutely by a jury being judged for being bisexual. And I guess I, I mean, at the time in 2003, I can see how they were taking this evidence of this means he wasn't happy in his marriage. I would, they're, they're putting a lot of assumptions there that they're assuming they were arguing about it. There are lots of people who have open marriages, especially when it comes to terms of bisexuality. Yeah, that is true. So I feel like that is, is really unfair. Michael's defense team feels the same way. And he carried on to say, you can imagine, especially back then, there could be some jurors who condemned him for that and maybe decided the case on an emotional basis. And I can see that. I feel like that's fair. Now, I'm not saying that I think Michael Peterson is innocent by any means, because we're going to get into, in just a second, some of his history. But I don't think that it was fair to just make up this story of because there were naked men and messages that they had been he had been meeting men for sex for us to just assume that they got into a fight about that is is that's very circumstantial I was gonna say if there was no evidence I mean no that is very assumption assumptuous yes oh assumptuous if it's not it should be I think I just made a word I think so it rolled off the tongue so nicely it felt right it it, it hit right in my ears so (laughs) I appreciate it Prosecute the other thing that prosecutors got a hold of that they did is un weirdly enough, this is not the first person in Michael Peterson's life to die via staircase. Oh. Yes. And they used this in the trial. So Elizabeth Radcliffe was 43 years old and she was a close personal friend to the Peterson family. And in 1985, She died in Germany, like Kathleen, 
she was found at the bottom of her staircase. And Michael Peterson had been at her house the night before her death, before she was discovered. So as a result, he, she, they were so close. Now, they were not married. They were just, a, just described in sources as a close personal friend. But Michael Peterson actually adopted Elizabeth Radcliffe's two daughters, Martha and Margaret, oh. after she passed away. German investigators ruled Elizabeth Radcliffe's death as um, that she had died from a cerebral hemorrhage. But in 2003, this is part of why it took so long for the trial to start. Um, in 2003, the same medical examiner who performed Kathleen's autopsy conducted a second autopsy on Radcliffe's exhumed body. They exhumed her after from 1985 to 2003 to look more closely oh, wow. into her death. And that medical examiner concluded that she had been beaten to death like Kathleen, but no one was ever charged in Elizabeth Radcliffe's murder because they don't have evidence. So what the, the prosecution did is they took the blood splatter evidence because they're going by this theory that both of these women had been beaten brutally to death by Michael Peterson. Okay. An analyst from the State Bureau of Investigation, or otherwise known as SBI, stated that droplet patterns found on the walls and the steps of the stairs at the Peterson house matched what would result from a beating. Now, that is very, very important information and evidence. Like the blood splatter is telling us the story. Mm -hmm. and, it, and this person is testifying that this is what happened and it matched. It was consistent with that of being brutally beaten. So Jennifer Shen, a, retri a retired director of the San Diego Police Department Crime Laboratory, told A&E as well that, quote, this particular field of blood splatter reconstruction should be approached with great caution and scientific reservation. So Jennifer Shen is saying, you know, and she's and like I said, she is retired from the San Diego Police Department Crime Lab. She's like, this is... Kind of like, do you remember that case that we had in the early 90s when they were using um, the fire analysis as scientific fact for how fires burn and whatnot, and they yeah. were horrifically wrong? Yeah, I do remember. That is basically what she's saying here, is just that, you know, yes, blood splatter can tell you things, but we need to proceed with caution here. So in other words, like, let's not convict people on this alone. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens to Michael. Um, she carried on to say, quote, an analyst will use scientific principles, experience, and training, but ultimately they are deriving their best scientific guess as to what actions occurred to create the evidence viewed at the scene. So literally an educated guess. That's, that's what we're hanging our hat on here and the hill that we're going to die on. Um, that makes me uncomfortable when you're talking about sentencing someone to a life term for murder. Yeah, absolutely. She said that this leaves a broad spectrum of interpretations based upon someone's experience, training, and frankly, self-confidence, which is kind of scary too. Like they can convince themselves, like I'm damn good at my job. Absolutely, this blood splatter is consistent with a beating and not, not approach it from any other hypothesis, like could she have fallen down the stairs mm -hmm. legitimately on her own accord? Could that also be true, you know? 
A murder weapon has never been found in this case. There were only the stairs. And according to the prosecution's blunt force theory, because that's what they're going on, the likely weapon was a long, thin, rounded object initially, initially, eh, initially presumed to be the home's fireplace, like blow poke, which we've had in cases before, actually. You know that the fire, the stick that you like go and there's a couple of different things in a fireplace kit. One, the blow poke is like that thing that pumps the air into the fire to give it give it more life okay and so that's what they're uh, you know saying that this could possibly be because this actually was missing from the home during the early investigation but the blow poke turned up in the home's basement late during the trial and was admitted into evidence by the defense showing no signs of having been used in a murder which that would I could see how that would happen. I have a fireplace in my house, and at one point in time, we had a fireplace kit, but I couldn't tell you where all the pieces are. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're not using, I don't think anybody really uses it to blow smoke and or blow air into the fire anymore. I mean, really. So I could see how that ended up in a separate part of the house from the fireplace. The defense team argued that Kathleen had died after she fell at least two times on the dimly lit stairs, it is th- 2.40 in the morning, remember. Yeah. Hitting her head repeatedly on sharp molding after drinking wine and taking a Valium, which apparently was not uncommon for her, you know, before going to bed. A little nightcap and, and, her, and pills. her, yeah, yeah, her Valium to help her sleep, okay? She was wearing flip-flops also. I will say I have absolutely... Nearly killed myself in several different areas of the world with flip-flops. So (laughs) I'm not real stealthy with them. And at 2.40 in the morning after wine and Valium, yeah, maybe. I can create a fall. Yep. They also raised doubts about the prosecution's assumption that blunt force trauma had caused her death. Despite having lacerations on her skull, the defense argued that Kathleen had no skull fracture whatsoever. There was no brain injury and there was no swelling, which typically would occur with a blunt force injury, which is absolutely true. So the trial lasted for three months and Michael Peterson was found guilty on October 10th, 2003. And he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. And again, this whole prosecution is is going on the, he is bisexual there were pictures of naked men he's meeting up with these men and Kathleen was angry about it so they fought and he beat her over the head with a object from the fireplace and tried to make it look like an accident at the bottom of the stairs and it and it worked Michael Peterson was sent to North Carolina's Nash Correctional Institute institution While he was behind bars, his attorneys filed multiple appeals, but they were not successful. And in 2009, so he went to prison 2003. So he's still trying. In 2009, um, one of his lawyers, who was actually his neighbor, T. Lawrence Pollard, filed a motion with a new theory for Kathleen's death, which I don't think helped things at all. And you'll see why in a second. 
The theory was because of her scalp wounds, those seven lacerations, uh-huh. the new theory is that she had been injured by an owl before falling down the stairs. Wow. That's a... S- I mean, where did that come from? I don't know. The seven lacerations? And T. Lawrence Pollard found a single microscopic feather listed in the crime lab, the SBI that I mentioned earlier, crime lab's report. So he summoned a motion stating that there were more feathers in hair that was found in her left hand. Okay, so they're like some sort of kerfuffle happened at the top of the stairs where an owl got into the house. She had some of the feathers in her hand. We don't know really with this motion, if there were actual feathers in with the hair, I will say this. She had probably been sleeping before the feathers come out of my pillow and my down comforter all the time. Like you'll find feather. There's feathers when I do laundry, there's feathers on my bedroom floor, sometimes in the bed, like it comes out. And this was microscopic. I think if she legitimately had gotten into an actual tussle, with an owl, there would have been more than a microscopic feather. Yeah, uh, it's just so bizarre to, uh, I don't know, you just also, don't hear of owls no, breaking into homes break, often. That's I don't true, know. a breaking and entering of the owl form. They're not typically, I don't know, I'm not no. an owl expert, but they're not typically out of the wilderness, like hanging around houses? No. I don't know. Attacking people? That's really, no. that one's no. odd to me. And that's where I'm like, okay, I... And it did. It drew attention, but it also drew ridicule. And it did not work for a new trial. (laughs) So I'm shocked. No. Yep. But I wanted to mention it because I was just like, oh, we're pulling. We're pulling at literal feathers for this one. Yeah. Okay. And let's leave owls out of it. I mean, they're not aggressive. Hey, like you said, though, I'm not an owl expert. Maybe they are aggressive. I don't know. You just rarely see them like out of in people's homes. I don't know. That's right. I don't know. Right. Don't think it happened. I'm just going to throw that one. I don't I don't either. I'm not in favor of that one. But then in 2010, there was a independent report done that did an investigation on the SBI's blood analysis unit. And it turns out that this independent report revealed multiple cases where there had been false evidence or distorted evidence presented by the blood analysis. Now, Michael Peterson's case wasn't actually one of the cases that was listed on the report, on the independent report, to be found falsified. But because the blood analyst who testified at his trial was involved in many of the cases that were found to be falsified. On February 14th, 2011, Michael Peterson filed a motion for a new trial and he got it. Oh, wow. Which I don't disagree with this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Kathleen Peterson's family absolutely would. But if you put yourself in a position of we all, I say this a lot on the podcast too, we all have the right to a fair trial. And when you find out that the person who testified at your trial to be an expert on blood analysis had falsified and been completely wrong on many other cases, yeah, I would want a new trial too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that just oh. makes, makes sense. 
on December 14th, say on December 14th, 2011. So that motion was filed for new trial February 14th. December 14th, 2011, the judge who had overseen Michael Peterson's first trial um, lifted his conviction, vacated his conviction due to misleading and deliberately false testimony from the blood analyst. Wow. Yep. So he had his new trial and the judge was like, yeah, you're right. I, we can't find you life in prison without the possibility of, of parole. At this point in time, he had spent eight years behind bars. And he was allowed to post bail. Wow. He was released on house arrest on December 16th, 2011. So that was 2011. Now, prosecutors did appeal the overturning of his verdict, of course. But North Carolina's Court of Appeals upheld the decision in July 2013. And the state Supreme Court chose not to hear the case. They're like, nope, we are going with the Court of Appeals here. You know, we're not we're not looking at it again. Peterson's lawyers tried to have the case against Michael Peterson dismissed because physical evidence from the investigation had not been properly preserved, which this doesn't surprise me because it went from 2001, essentially, to now, you know, 2013. I'm not surprised. Like, he had been given a conviction of life in prison. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised at all that the evidence wasn't you know, preserved. So they're asking for the whole case to be dismissed so that it wouldn't be on his record at all. And that request was actually denied in November 2016 because truthfully, we really don't know what happened that yeah. night. I mean, I can think we can assume it was not owls, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to assume that. Right. But we don't actually know. So I do think that my personal opinion is I do think that that was appropriate for them to not just dismiss the whole case and give him a clean slate. Like we're, you're out free, but we're not gonna like expunge your record. It's still going to mm-hmm. be there. Yes. Yep. Yep. In case, especially in case you did do it. <laughs> right. Well, and especially because this isn't the first time that you've been involved with someone who was found dead at the bottom of stairs. Yeah. yeah. Stairs that people manage every day, multiple times a day without a problem. And then all of a sudden you're around and there's a problem. So I can kind of see why, not kind of, I can absolutely see why. No, we're going to keep this on your record in case somebody else ends up dead at the bottom of a staircase or dead anywhere around you that you were involved with. You know, I mean, I I can see that. Uh, Michael Peterson was tentatively scheduled to go to trial on May in May 2017 to have another trial to try to get himself Uh, expunged get his record expunged okay so that was scheduled for May 2017 and the defense really was going to try to point out alternative hypothesis like the owl theory they were legitimately going to maybe use that as just like another idea but on February 24th 2017 before going to trial Michael Peterson actually entered an Alford plea to voluntary manslaughter of Kathleen's death. He said, he still said that he didn't kill his wife, but the Alford plea allows people to continue to maintain their innocence while accepting that there is enough evidence to convict them. So he's not saying he did it, but he knows that there's evidence saying that he did. So that's, that's the Alford plea. And mm-hmm. we'll just kind of leave it right there because it's like, uh, 
Because but what it does essentially is now we never know. Yeah. Because once somebody takes an Alfred plea, like it's done. There's no takes backs, take backsies. So while taking a deal can be tempting for someone who's facing a possible return to jail, Alfred, uh, with an Alfred plea, um, and this is a quote, I want to read you a quote from the McGungle uh, lawyer. He said, quote, a lot of people think that it's bad because if a guy is going to be punished by the government, then somebody ought to establish that he committed the crime, either a jury or he should admit it. But the Alfred plea actually comes with just, it's basically like settling outside of court for, for Michael in this case. There are people who take Alfred pleas and then do a certain, you know, term sentence or whatever, or take Alfred pleas and still end up with a life sentence, but they're at least just like plead it down and, you know, not admitting it's, it's, it's not admitting. So the plea made Michael Peterson still a convicted felon but with credit for the time that he'd served in prison, he was able to leave the courtroom and essentially go home. Um, now, according to Hello Magazine, as of 2022, Michael Peterson is living in Durham, North Carolina, in a ground floor condo. And his defense attorney, David Rudolph, said that his home has no stairs. Which I was like, okay, I, I love I that the that. attorney's like, Stare just free, for the record. Safe. <laughs> single level home only no, no temptation stairs. for him mm-hmm. in case he did do it right now kathleen's family is not happy they, i'm sure yeah they continue to believe that that um michael peterson killed their killed kathleen and her sister candace zamperini has been very vocal about the belief that Michael killed her sister in an interview that she did with BBC radio podcast. She said, quote, many times during the trial, something would happen and I would want to tell Kathleen. And then I would realize, Oh, that's right. She's dead. Oh, that's right. It's you, Kathleen, whose murderer we're talking about. It was, it was like constantly a bucket of cold water in my face. I still have a hard time. My sister is the story here. She is the murder victim. End quote. I can see absolutely how they feel that way. I oh, mean, yeah. Now, there won't be any further. This is what the problem is, I think, with the Alfred plea really is there will be no further investigations into what happened to Kathleen, which I think would be the most heartbreaking of all besides actually losing her to her family is to know that the truth never has to come out now. And so, I mean, I think they believe that they know the truth, but it, at the end of the day, like, what did happen? Right. You know, were they fighting? Did he push her? Did he hit her with something? I mean, I don't even, I never found any information where it, like, pointed out that he absolutely could, they could have been in an argument. He could have pushed her down the stairs purposely, trying to make it look like an accident. You know, and what if, oh, maybe he got the idea because Elizabeth Radcliffe really had accidentally fallen down the stairs and died. Yeah, that's going to be hard for her family to not know right exactly what happened. Yep. So, and that Alfred plea makes it impossible to know. I want to talk to you a little bit about. Mm, I told you that Elizabeth Radcliffe's daughters had been adopted by Michael. So Margaret had a little bit of an, a unique um, tie here with the case. So she was actually trying to be 
um, like a, a hired by Netflix to be a series actor. She wanted to to do that. Well, HBO, as I said, was doing this series on the staircase. And the portrayals from what the family has said is very, very off. It's not at all what they're like. And it's not at all like what the events that transpired happened. And so once Netflix found out that she's that Margaret, they wouldn't hire her. Oh, they were really? interested in her, yep, to do to be a series actor and then now won't hire her. Um, so there's been some interviews with Michael Peterson in regard to um, this particular uh, HBO series. And he said when they asked him about like, have you watched, you know, the staircase? He said, oh, God, no. He said this, he said, there was this two and a half minute trailer and I turned it off after one minute because there are my children screaming at each other. And I said, what family is this? Where did this come from? So I did not watch anymore. I realized I cannot control under any circumstance. I'm sorry. I realized I cannot under any circumstances watch watch this. He went on to say that the portrayal of his children on screen looked like a drugged out individual with bags under their eyes. And so he's saying like that just the characters themselves, they made them portrayed just completely wrong. Like they didn't have the type of family where people were doing drugs and were strung out. They didn't have the type of family where the sisters are arguing with each other all the time. He's saying like this, they made this this whole family look like a dysfunctional family, which actually is a huge disservice to Kathleen as well. And I would agree with that. That's what his issue was. He wasn't so much. I found two conflicting articles because he did different interviews with different media outlets. And with one media outlet, he was upset about, he was like, listen, I'm, I'm not upset about the way that I'm portrayed. I'm a 78 year old man now. Like I don't give a shit, but I care about how he portrayed my family. Yeah. Or how they, you know, my family was portrayed. But then in this interview, he's, um, Colin Firth plays him. Okay. And he was saying that he was really annoyed that Firth did not consult with him during the production of it. But he's heard from other, and he was like, listen, this is what I'm most upset about. I will forever be known as Colin Firth. It could be worse, I suppose. I suppose he's not my favorite actor. Get Brad Pitt. Okay, oh dude. Gosh. Like, you're not Brad Pitt. Like, let's <laughs> you be don't get real. to call the shots here. No, exactly. <laughs> you are a convicted felon. Right. So, like, let's not forget that. And he said, but to be fair, I haven't seen his portrayal, but I heard that he got my voice right and my mannerisms, but he didn't capture my energy or my humor. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm so sorry, Michael, that your energy and humor and, you know, what you clearly think are stark and good looks. We're not portrayed in a series about how about you, you murdered. possibly murdered yes. your, your wife. Yes. I mean, the whole series is saying he murdered his, uh-huh. you know, wife. But he said to me, Colin's a great actor, but I can't think of any roles that weren't dull as dirt that he's ever played. And that's fine. I'm not, de- I'm not degrading him, but I would have thought, I would have thought about talking to him. And um, it's kind of, I don't know. I feel conflicted about this. It's not based, this is not a documentary on your life right this is not a biography this is literally made for tv drama television they don't have to consult with you yeah your case was public record 
Okay. So they can get information from the court records and then they can make a whole drama series about it and not have to, they don't owe you that courtesy. Like again, you are a convicted felon. Now I can see why their daughters, like their, their children are upset that the production company did not reach out to them for any input because especially with the way that apparently they've been portrayed very wrong like that I can see I would be really angry about that too like that's not my family we'd had this tragedy whether it was a murder or not they still had a very normal happy life leading Mm -hmm. up to that so the other thing the other thing is that the HBO Max series also went really salacious with sex scenes and pulled in the bisexual part of it. So there are sex scenes with Michael having sex with men as well as Kathleen. And it was just seen as the family as being really unnecessary because that was a part of the trial back in 2003 that was unfair to even be used against him because there's nothing stating that Kathleen had any issues with his bisexuality. So we don't know, you know, and I can see how the family's upset about that for sure. You know, and basically the production company, I had read several articles where they had reached out or they had responded to different media outlets asking them like, hey, why didn't you do this? And they were basically like, listen, we don't know what happened in this case because he took an Alfred plea. So we don't ever have to know. So there's always that risk that you're going to piss the people off that so that kind of framed the you know the art the the show or whatnot but you have to fill in those gaps and you're gonna fill them in how they're going to sell like Mm -hmm. sex sells drama sells all of that right and they put right in the beginning that it's it's just based on true events like what is it what is what's the wording that you always see you know, there's like always that disclaimer that says that this oh, is yeah. like based on true events. Yeah, or- that's based on true events, but actor portrayals and blah, blah, blah may not necessarily be reflective of yes. any certain individuals. You know what I mean? Like that whole disclaimer, like they've got that in there. So it is what it is. Oh, he was reflecting in one article um, by saying, you know, I guess if I wanted to, I could sue. But who's got the money that Johnny Depp has to defend himself? He's a public figure. I don't need the money anyway. I'm perfectly comfortable on my marine disability and social security. It's certainly not a lavish lifestyle, but I'm okay. He said he could encourage his children to sue, but given the subject of the series, a lawsuit would mean consciously keeping their mother's death at the front and center of their consciousness for even more years. They don't want to live all this over again, which is pretty much the reason why I took the Alford plea. That's his explanation. Interesting. to just get it over and done with for his... Because he still maintains his innocence. Wow. Yeah. So what do you think about all that? That the blood splatter analysis, which was a heavy part of the trial, turns out to be a pretty shady situation. And then... I, yeah. Gosh, I so many things. I get that part. And yes, he, he, you know, did deserve a fair trial. But then I'm also like... There's nothing saying that he didn't do it either. Right. So I'm kind of unsettled. Like, I'm not yes. convinced he didn't do it because I, you didn't tell me enough to be right. convinced he didn't actually do it. Right. Because there's not enough. There literally isn't. Right. 
all so he, I'm just all like, he uh, claims is that he was asleep in bed and just found her that way. So, uh, and then with the other wife being, you know, they weren't, they weren't even married. They were close friends. Oh, friend. Okay. Sorry. They were close. That's what it was reported that they were really close friends. But I mean, he ended up adopting her daughters, but yeah, he was with her the night before she was found. So essentially the last person to see her alive. Yeah. I just feel unsettled. I'm not like, I'm not saying he did it. Obviously we don't know, but right. I'm not convinced he didn't either. Those seven lacerations, where did, could they have come from the molding in the stairs like his defense team said? I mean, I'm, I'm, I struggle with his defense team since they are considering the owl theory. Yeah. Um, It did not come from talons of an owl. I I mean, did they ever, and maybe you don't have the info, but did they ever find anything on the molding? Not that I am aware of. Because that would have been. Right. I mean, if, no. if they would have come from the molding, there would have been something. There on was them? just a bunch of blood at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, I just I don't know. But you said there was nothing ever found either. A right. weapon. Right. No weapon found. But I was I'm thinking so can if, someone just hit but and she she had those lacerations, but no skull fractures, no brain injury. Right. No bleed on the brain. Just really odd. I mean, if if I'm falling down the stairs and I cut my head on molding, there's probably gonna be something on the molding. Like some something. Right, right. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just, it makes me feel all sorts of things. Right. And then I'm like, okay, so let's say he didn't have anything to do with it. And he, and she didn't hit her head on the molding. She literally just hit her head on the stairway, you know, come the stairs coming down. So then, and they were just lacerations, which usually people can survive, you know, because there's no brain bleed or, or skull fracture. So did she just lay there for a long time and bleed to death? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that would be tragic, too. But I just have a hard time seeing stairs causing seven lacerations to your head to the point where you bleed out. Yeah. Me, too. But, hey, also, there's plenty of times where murder weapons aren't found. And the person was still murdered. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's very questionable I, I'm not convinced either way like I feel just kind of like incomplete now right exactly <laughs> so did I that's why I had to mess up everyone's world like mine was and I kept looking I kept reading different articles and I purposely did not watch any part of whatever the series is the, the staircase series that's released so far I like I said I don't know if the whole series is out yet um but just because I understand there were many statements that I came across from the production company that was like yeah we did not base this on fact of how the family was was you know like you weren't I wasn't gonna get nitty-gritty information because it's hard to watch those things and then know are they taking that from the court document or was that written by their writers so they just you know they dramatized a lot of it yes yep and they openly say that and like that's that's what they do they can take based on court testimony evidence and, and make a story out of that, but then fill in the blanks, especially when there's an Alfred plea and we'll never really know. Sure. And that's that was actually one of the quotes that um, I had found from them where they're like, um, yeah, we, we looked at the court. We took, literally they took the court transcripts and then put together, that's a culmination. They got the story from the court transcripts and then 
then they made it dramatic and a culmination to make it a whole series. We're not even talking like one show, people. This is a whole series. So I suspect that making their son look like he has a drug addiction, making it look like there's drama between the sisters makes it a longer, it makes it more interesting to be able to have a whole series out of this. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause they're going to do the backstory of how the son got addicted to drugs or whatever. I, I haven't watched it, so I'm, I'm not sure, but I can see how just even watching snippets of the, like the advertising for it would upset the family. Yeah. If that's not how they are as people, I, like I would be really mad if I, I was <laughs> portrayed that way during something that was a horrific part of my life you know I mean at the end of the day these kids their mom died or their stepmom died and that's that's a huge loss and then to have to not only go through all the trial stuff dad sent to prison all those things but then to now have uh you know HBO do a whole series on it and to do it quite like that yeah that would I'd be upset mm-hmm. I would do sure. I would do so yeah, so that's why I wanted to cover it, just because I think, I bet there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, I watched that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'd never heard of it or this case, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, I have so many questions now. Yeah. Me too, me too. And I just, at the end of the day, it is really, really ironic that two people in the same person's life would die at the bottom of stairs. For sure. I don't know one person. So, let alone two. That's... Not to say it doesn't happen. I absolutely, you know, does. More so with elderly. She was 48. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And she was wearing flip-flops. Okay, but I don't know. This is a hard one. It is. I, like you said, I'm stuck on the, there's nothing saying you didn't I'm stuck on. I'm stuck more on that, if I'm going to be honest. Like, there's nothing that really tells me you didn't do right. this. And then, and yes, he has maintained his innocence, but then going ahead and taking the Alford plea, which he says is so his kids could move on and stuff. He was already free. He also you know? has quite a sense of humor about all this too. Just saying. Exactly. I had had that same thought when I, what's why I included the quote about Brad Pitt, him being upset that it was Colin Firth instead of Brad Pitt. And no, they didn't get my energy and charm. I'm like, wow. You think you're being funny and you think pretty highly of yourself, yeah. even though I would think this would take you down a few notches or it hasn't because he's gotten away with it twice. I right. don't know. I, we don't know, you know. Yeah. How uh, unsettling. Yes, most definitely. So there's that. Are you ready for a brain bath? I am. I need to get this out of my head now. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to read for you Philip Thorpe's obituary. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Must be good. It starts with, I told you this would happen. Philip Dayton Thorpe, born in Salt Lake City, April 1st, 1934, to Ward R. and Phyllis Dayton Thorpe, and whose birth probably marked the beginning of April Fool's Day, died April 10th, 2018 from causes related to lifelong obesity and sleeping standing up. (laughs) His grave marker will read, this corpse is Philip Thorpe's. Oh my gosh, I love that <laughs> so much. Philip Thorpe's. Like, how creative and catchy. Even better, Amber, he was called Claude. Oh, I don't know why. Um, I don't either, but it's just, that's amazing. Yes, Claude, C-L-O-D. Claude, Claude. As, as he was called, even by those who knew his real name, 
lived such a boring life that watching paint dry caused him to hyperventilate. His, his accomplishments will be published at a later date, if any are discovered at all. He served as an artillery officer in the U.S. Army. Canada wouldn't take <laughs> Canada wouldn't take him because, so they said, they didn't go to war much up there. <laughs> he even gets a kick in at Canada. <laughs> I like it. He served three missions for the LDS Church, but they stopped sending him because he always came back. <laughs> he picked up three university degrees along the way, two of which he had to return. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Claude. Oh, Claude. He was superseded in death by several billion people and is survived by his loved wife of 55 years, Aww. Linda Bird. Like, Bird is in um, parentheses, so that must be what he called her. Oh, She knew that she had married way beneath herself as they honeymooned <laughs> at the SL Country Landfill. <laughs> God. She gave him six wonderful children, and they list them. And then they list all the seven grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren as well. Very big family. Yeah. In keeping with one of society's morbid mores, there will be a wee wake Sunday evening for 20 minutes and for six minutes before the funeral the following day. <laughs> six minutes. <laughs> the price of admission to each of these events is one can of food for his wife to whom he left nearly nothing. God. Burial will be in his backyard beside his dog his wife would never let him have. <sighs> My lord. Please don't send flowers. If you have a rush of generosity, then please just give to your favorite charity. Tell them Phil sent you. The above was composed by our beloved Phil in his classic, self-depreciating, hilarious fashion. We extend a heartfelt invitation to his friends, family, and ministries at his funeral services. He wrote his own obituary. I love that Claude wrote his Claude. own. Claude. Rest in peace, Claude. You did a fine job That's on your great. obit. It really told us everything and nothing at all about yes. you. <laughs> Sounds like he was one heck of a guy. Yes, most definitely. So there you have it. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Send us case suggestions at crimecurious.com with case suggestion in the subject heading or your own brain baths, either from your area in the news or your own personal ones. Those are our favorite with brain bath in the um, subject heading. And if you're interested, feel free to join our Patreon, crimecuriouspatreon.com. And until next time, everyone, bye-bye. Bye.